0: Welcome again, ladies and gentlemen, brethren and sistren, to the Tawahadol Bible Study. We are still in the first scroll of Peter, or of the Rock, and this week we are in Chapter 4. I'll be reading from the New King James Version today, and as always, I encourage you—nay, exhort you—to subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it, to share it with others if you find it to be useful to you and to find practical applications for your life. And if you have it in your heart and in your wallet to donate, at Patreon.com/tawahado. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Slash tawahado. First Peter chapter 4, will begin with verses 1 to 6. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lusts, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation speaking evil of you, they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. You see, this is the beginning of some of the later creeds. The Nicene-Constantinopolitan creed stands, of course, above many others. God in his functions is a many, but the greatest function is judge. And especially to show the totality of his judgment, he judges not only the living, but the living and the dead. We have good news here, or the gospel, which is preached to resurrect zombies. We have Walking Dead, which is us walking in our sins. And we as Walking Dead need a chance or an opportunity to live, which is to be obedient to God. We have a proliferation, especially in this lockdown. We're seeing the sales go up and the viewership go up of Netflix, of Hulu, of Amazon and Disney Plus. So the question is, are we going to spend our times binging on all of our favorite television and film Or are we going to try to seek the will of God? And perhaps there is some godly television and film that we could learn, at least to learn the milieu or context of our time so that we can apply the teaching. Whatever the matter though, we need to think critically about that. We also have a proliferation of Postmates and Grubhub and Uber Eats, all of these companies that allow food delivery, that allow easy access to food to your home. The question is, Is it our own bellies that we're trying to fill and oversatiate, maybe to overcompensate for some loneliness we may be feeling? Or are we looking for our needy neighbors who might not be able to have food? And if we have this technology, are we using this technology to deliver food to those with less food? It's a question. Let's move on to verses 7 to 11. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling, as each one has received a gift. Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the utterances or the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So, In the wilderness, the Israelites are fed not with their own labor, with their own product, which is food that comes from the ground. Instead, they got food that comes from the heavens. What kind of food can possibly come from the heavens? It has to be from God. They said, manna or manna, what is it? What is this substance? What is this food that is so contrary? We know how to make food from the ground, but God grants us food from above. God supplies us with His grace. The end is at hand. So we need to acknowledge His grace so that everything that we speak is not our own words, not our own phrases, but the words of Scripture. We speak Scripture. We speak the utterances of God. We speak the oracles of God. And if we do this enough, hopefully it will seep into our actions. The flow is always thoughts to speech, to deeds, or to actions. And the action here, encouraged in verses 7 to 11 the most, are hospitality. We don't need a version of North Dakota nice, or Minnesota nice, or Midwest nice, or Canadian nice. We don't need outside hospitality. We need genuine hospitality. At the Orthodox Center for the Advancement of Biblical Studies Conference, which I got to present my uh, paper on, extending some analysis from Father Paul Nadim Tarazi in 2020, just this past weekend, he recommended to all of us to go watch the movies The Message and The Lions of the Desert in order to get an idea of the biblical worldview. I need to go watch The Lions of the Desert to complete my homework and honor his jubilee year or his 50th year of teaching. But I did watch The Message, which is actually a a fair and charitable presentation of the story of Islam from a a Hollywood director named Mustafa, who I didn't realize he ever made these movies because I grew up watching his Friday the 13th or Jason uh, killer horror movies. In any event, we see this idea of Bedouin or desert dwelling hospitality being expressed in there. And in parts of that movie, they become a little bit hypocritical because they turn their hospitality away to people who are not on their side anymore. But in the true Christian ethic or moral, you would have hospitality no matter what and always. And you would do this without grumbling. An elder woman at my parish growing up used to tell me about the culture of rural Ethiopians. She said that they used to bow down and pray, and what they would request is not betterment for themselves, but an opportunity and a chance to be able to be hospitable to an unknown guest, so that they could be blessed as Abraham and Sarah were blessed with the three guests that, you know, people often like to make in, in icons and attribute to the Trinity. In any event, this was so beautiful when I heard her say this, because it's the opposite of grumbling. It's actually requesting, it's pleading, it's petitioning to have guests to be cared for so that you can please God. It's not an obligation of society or of your local culture, but an opportunity to please the most high god to please the author of life so we need to remain vigilant in the reading of our psalms before we go to bed in the praying of the lord's prayer and above all in requesting that god grants us opportunities to be hospitable to our needy and weaker neighbors verses 12 to the end beloved But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God, and if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now if the righteous one is scarcely saved, Where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls or their breaths of life to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. We need to rejoice with heavenly joy because it can't possibly be human joy. It can't possibly be earthly joy. It can't possibly be the joy of the dust of the ground. People or those who are the dust of the ground will look at you like you're a madman if you have these fiery trials come your way and you say, Halle, hallé, Hallelujah, 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 hallé, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallé, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We can't sit here suffering for a litany of sins. For getting our nose in other people's matters, being busybodies, as it says here in the NKJV, being gossipers, being murderers, being angry and hating people for jealousy, for envy, for thievery. Imagine, imagine you get the cup of water at a fat burger or an In N Out and you pour soda in it and then you get persecuted, right? You get in trouble by the manager who sees you because you're stealing from that establishment by putting soda in the water cup. Do you think that in that moment, if you act self-righteously, Christ is going to be on your side? Absolutely not. Instead, Christ would be on our side if we were feeding the homeless without a permit to the displeasure of a bureaucrat, or if we were writing letters and a warden got mad because we were writing those letters to the incarcerated. These are things for which we would be called blessed. And finally. We have to keep all these at the forefront of our mind because we are at the forefront of the line. We're first in line for judgment. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day.